Hi there, and welcome to Resilience in the M's, a weekly podcast that recognizes we're in serious trouble, but stubbornly focuses on how to find community and joy in the chaos. I'm your host, Polly, and today we're going to talk about what exactly I mean when I say resilience and why we should care. So welcome. I'm super excited to be doing this. I have been thinking a lot about this recently and figured that it would be nice to share kind of some reflections on building community resilience and then sharing tactical, actionable ways to actually get it done. If you're watching the audio version, hello, uh, you may see one of my community resilience efforts behind me in the last little pile of tomatoes I have, which still need to be put up. Let's talk about community resilience and the end times. So in the most philosophical sense, Resilience in the End is a podcast that's trying to find the joy in the really difficult things to come ahead in the face of the ever-accelerating climate catastrophe, um, the rampant spread of fascism, and general like bad vibes that are going around. And rather than facing it with a sense of 100% doomerism, which is kind of my default vibes, I would like to tackle the end times with a, maybe let's call it a resigned positivity, a, well, it's happening, we may as well make the best of it. Personally, being afraid of the future has forced my hyper-introverted self to get much more deeply in community than I would have chosen to otherwise. So in the face of kind of overwhelming anxiety about the future, I have to take that as a win from this fear and this innate knowledge that community is really the only thing that's going to save us. I have hosted house parties, torture, (laughs) Um, given away many pounds of free, fresh, totally locally grown produce, Uh, had numerous conversations on the side of a country road with neighbors who I certainly do not agree with ideologically, and generally been forced to be a more tolerant person in order to build relationships, which I think is at the heart of resilience. All of that to say climate and cultural chaos is coming, whether we want to or not, whether we take action or not, whether we believe in it or not. Chaos is coming, so we might as well find the community and joy in it while we can. And so throughout this podcast, we're going to be talking about resilience. I will be talking about it. Hopefully some of you will be talking about it with me, but I want to really set the stage to make sure that we know what it is. So let's go. Uh, The dictionary defines resilience as the capacity to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties or toughness. And I think in a community setting, this means not being completely dependent on long, shaky supply chains that are, you know, intrinsically unstable and exploitative. Uh, I think it means rejecting anonymous systems that don't care about you know, you or the people around you, and instead building systems that are local and systems that can only care about you because they're so local. Through a climate lens, I think resilience, you know, it it looks very similar, right? 
resilient communities are going to be the ones that are interconnected. They're more able to withstand longer, fiercer droughts because they have farmers who know how to deal with that. Uh, they have community ways of bringing in water that makes it affordable and accessible. Um you know, communities that don't allow affordable housing to be built in flood zones. So poor uh, people of color are not going to be more likely to be affected by catastrophic storms and require more community resources to help them from a situation that should never have happened. Um, you know, they're communities that like allow people to have a couple chickens within city limits to help provide some food security. It's just communities that foster well-connected neighbors who are willing to help each other in times of peace as well as crisis. Because again, this is all not just about crisis. You know, community resilience is awesome in the good times too. So resilience, especially in the face of a global climate catastrophe, means being able to lean on resources close to home and having those resources and connections in place before they're necessary. And so for a more kind of diagnostic in-depth look, the U.S. government actually has a community resiliency toolkit. I will link it in the show notes. Um, but that really focuses on higher level, like public, nonprofit, and private organizational level stuff you know, infrastructure projects that the average person is not going to be able to implement. But these ideas definitely can be pulled to be used on a more individual level. And we'll kind of walk through these steps uh, in later episodes. But just so you know how the U.S. government decides to build climate resiliency is through understanding exposure, assessing vulnerability and risk, investigating options, prioritizing and planning, and taking action. You can see these five steps can work on any level and gives us a good framework to begin investigating the right actions to take. Um, you know, you don't have to be a government. You can just be a person who recognizes a problem and says, I want to solve it with my neighbors and figure it out. And taking this big framework and refocusing it on the individual is super important because to me, someone ironically leaning more and more left as I age, I'm still pretty young, but I, you know, I have not gone the conservative route yet. I am leaning more and more towards an anarchist collective organizing mindset as I grow and develop in my mindset. I really believe community resilience is only going to be effective on the grassroots level. Anyone who looks at history and thinks that a government or a private entity is going to provide adequate tools to everyone in times of crisis is just delusional. In times of relative peace, marginalized folks are, to be honest, getting fucked on the regular. And to think that, you know, top-down approaches are going to work for a problem that has been created from a top-down system is just kind of silly. So I think it's so important for individuals to take this on as well, because that's what's going to move the needle. And I have to say, even with the veneer of community care, this all seems pretty dark. After all, a singular neighborhood in the country in Indiana, hello, fighting against climate catastrophe seems like an inevitable conclusion. So why should we even bother to care at this point if we know 
we're fucked. So I think the big thing I want to talk about with this podcast is kind of the two sides of the coin, which I think is essential to resilience, is the dark and the light. The dark is, it's not going to get better. You've all seen those memes about this summer was super hot, but it's the coolest summer of the rest of your life. Climate catastrophe is accelerating. Uh, Fascism around the world is accelerating. And there is nothing meaningful being done to mitigate it on a large level. So it falls, for better or worse, onto individuals to take action. That's the dark side. (laughs) The positive side is that there are very reasonable, uh, simple, meaningful actions that we can take to build resilience in different ways. And the benefit is it makes your life in times of calm easier, right? I have been working on community resilience. Uh, You know, it has led to free food. It has led to like a thousand square feet of free garden space uh, for my neighbors. It has led to positive relationships. It's led to parties. It's led to free foraging access on acres and acres of land that I could never hope to access otherwise. You know, it, it makes your life better even when you're not in crisis. And it also helps you become less attached to the extractive, exploitative systems of late stage capitalism that we're forced into otherwise, right? Like a lot of my community resilience ideas focus on food security because that's what I'm passionate about. I enjoy it. And canning my own tomato sauce is super fun, even in times of, you know, relative ease. It is a skill and a product that saves me money, brings me joy, uh, lets me share with my neighbors, Uh, but also I don't have to buy something that I cannot be sure that it was ethically or sustainably made because I can't afford to buy the really, really fancy stuff, so I grow it myself. Uh, And you can do this in many, many different ways through small actions that, that don't take a lot of time or effort. That said, building resilience in your community in different ways makes times of crisis easier as well. You are more liable to survive with minimal pain when you have a strong community that has ties, that can pool its resources, and feels called to do so, to thrive in a way that a single individual could not. It it makes you stronger, which makes you more able to help the folks around you. Ideally, the same is also true. That connection goes both ways. So folks are also able to help you in your time of need. And I think in general, uh, building resilience gives you some sense of stability, security, and control just a little bit in what's ultimately a very unstable and uncontrollable time in our world. And I think for me as a naturally anxious person, that feels really good. So all that to say, I'm excited to have you here. I hope I have convinced you a little bit on the framework of community resiliency and why it's important. And I want to just talk through some of the themes that I want to touch on so that you have an idea of where we're going in the next weeks to come. Uh, Shout out to my friend Marissa from Refill Market. We were talking about introducing ourselves to our neighbors, something as simple as building a framework of doing that outreach and how it looks from people like me who've done the awkward task of reaching out to folks. Uh, So 
making those initial connections, um, talking about how, why, and the ethical line that you draw on building community with folks who think very differently from you, sustainable habits and how those build community resilience, growing food and sharing food within your community, using the community resilience framework to take action in your own community, and just a bunch of other ideas that hopefully will leave you once a week with a renewed sense of purpose and a renewed desire to take action to build resilience in your community because nobody else is coming to help us. We have to help ourselves. And the sooner we start, the better. Thank you so much for joining me for the first ever episode. If you have something cool that you would like to hear or talk about, please definitely reach out barksph at gmail.com. I will leave that in the show notes as well. I would love to hear from you. And let's start talking about this because the chaos is coming. We might as well find some joy in it. Talk to you next week, guys. Bye.